this is something that is not talked about, but we need the support. And even if you seem to think, you know, it's not as big or as, you know, large as someone else's, it doesn't matter. Birth trauma is your trauma. Welcome to the Jess Nahu podcast, where we delve into the heart of extraordinary stories, resilience, adversity, advocacy, special needs, birth trauma, and so much more. I'm your host, Jess Nahu. Today, I want to start the podcast by telling you a little bit about our story and just to understand, I think, the impact of how a traumatic birth can affect the entire family. So we'll start by doing that today and we will go into as well just some ways that I've helped myself survive this nightmare that we have been living. And, you know, birth is supposed to be a joyous and empowering experience, yet sometimes it can be quite the opposite. Birth trauma can happen to anyone, anywhere, regardless of whether it is a natural birth or a cesarean. And in this episode, we want to create a safe space for those who have experienced birth trauma and help guide them to find healing and support. So I will jump right into our story. So my son, Hawaii, he was born on the 19th of November, 2019. And I remember waking up early that morning, about five-ish, I think, and I could notice I was having some tightenings and I just wanted to see if they were going to fizzle out or keep going. And I gave it a bit of time. And then a few hours later, I was like, no, I think, yeah, we're probably going into labor. So I remember calling the hospital and they, because my contractions were quite back to back and they said, yeah, come on in. So I had to take my daughter to daycare and my mum was with me. And so we dropped Vera at daycare and then made our way to the hospital. And when we were there, the obstetrician came in and said, yes, we'll prep you for theatre because I was going to have a cesarean. And the reason behind that, I'll just backtrack a little, is because Prior to Vera Rose, I was in a car accident and I broke my pelvis. And back then they had said to me that, yes, you're probably going to have to have cesarean if you are going to have kids. And I was like, okay. And then when I had Vera, they said, no, you should be fine for natural birth. So we tried and I was in labor for 24 hours, but my pelvis just wasn't opening up and I had to have an emergency cesarean with her. And I had a uterine rupture as well. And so it was decided that I was, it was on my file that I had to have a cesarean next baby. And we were 100% on board with that. So when they had said, yes, we're prepping you for theatre, another obstetrician walked in, viewed me, and then they just wheeled us off to a maternity ward. They did not say a word to us, did not let us know what was going on, and we were just removed and into a room so we were like what's going on and they said and this obstetrician said to me you're having this baby naturally and I was like no I'm not it's on my file like I have to have a cesarean and she's like no you're having this baby naturally my husband then stood up and said what is going on she broke her pelvis in a car accident many years ago she has to have a cesarean that day, they took our power away from us. 
I'll never ever forget it. And so many things happened. It was unimaginable, all these events that had happened. They had burst my waters. And I remember someone saying that they had walked past when this was happening and they actually thought the pipes had burst. The water pipes had burst. It was that loud. And there was so much water that had been released. Then they were also going to do forceps and they ended up doing an episiotomy. And I still remember when Hawaii was coming out and my body just like ejaculated him. Like, and when he came out, he was not caught and he landed head first on the ground. His apgars were zero. So he was somewhat dead. The cord had snapped and he was brought back to life. I remember there were so many people in that room that day and I actually can't remember the amount of people, but there was a lot. Like it was flooded with people and I think it was about, Seven minutes in total it took for them to bring him back, for him to be fully functioning. And I still remember my husband sending me this video. So he went up. So he was taken straight up to Niku and because they wanted to also give him an immediate ultrasound on his head because he had hit the floor by his head. And when he opened his eyes for the first time, my husband actually got it on camera. And I still remember it. I still remember it very, very clearly. And it was like this baby hated the world. Like there was no trust in anyone or anything. And seeing that for the first time was just horrendous. So I was still being stitched up because I had to get some stitches and I actually had lost quite a bit of blood and I worried at one stage, but then I think it calmed down. So I was being monitored for a bit as well. And I just was in la-la land. I couldn't comprehend what was happening, what had happened. My baby was not caught and hit the floor. So a lot has happened to him, a lot. <laughs> and he then spent the next four weeks at the hospital. So he was in NICU, the um, neonatal ICU, for he was there for a week. And I still remember that they desperately wanted to do a um, – an MRI on his brain because they wanted to see what the damage was done from when he was born. And they couldn't do it straight away because he was really struggling with breathing and he was on a CPAP machine and he can't be on that when they go and do an, a proper MRI. So they had to wait till they could try and get his breathing under control. And I think this is about day five or six. And when they went and did the MRI, I remember anxiously waiting for those results to come back 
And I still remember when we got taken into a room to be given the results and being told our son has brain damage. That hearing those words when your baby has just been born is something I never wish upon anyone. Very hard to comprehend that our baby has brain damage. And just rewinding a little bit as well, when he was only about 36 hours old and he was only sleeping like these 20-minute increments and I remember saying to them, there is something wrong, like he is not sleeping. He's a newborn baby. He's not sleeping. There's something wrong. And so he was in ICU and my husband and I had stepped out to go and get a coffee just at the Ronald McDonald House, just outside of ICU. And we were gone for maybe 30 minutes or half an hour. I remember that particular day we'd actually had a conversation with some other parents that were going through ICU with their newborn. And when we came back in, he was attached to all of this software attached to his head. And we were like, what is going on? And they had done an EEG on his brain and he was having seizures. And that was just heartbreaking. So when he was in Niku, we would not leave his side. Normally, you know, they leave your to go home at night and they, because he has a nurse on them, on him, sorry, all the time, but we just refused to let, to, for anyone to leave his side just because of what had happened during the birth, we would not leave him. And so we were always there with him, never leaving him. And yeah, so we had newborn baby that was having seizures, had not been caught. The cord was snapped. He was, his breathing was very, very erratic and not under control. He has brain damage. And when they did the ultrasound, when he'd strayed away, when he'd just been born, there was bleeding inside his head. So this whole scenario is just honestly unimaginable. There are so many parts that will come into my mind every now and then and you just go, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like what was that? And there's so many increments of that day that I will never, ever, ever forget. And I cannot step back inside that hospital. So we have been transferred. So Hawaii has been through a lot. And I'll go further into that in another episode. But this is just a little bit of a snippet of what happened to us that day. And, yeah, I'm now no longer going to that hospital. We go to Queensland Children's Hospital as part of his care that he needs and will be ongoing for the rest of his life or because of them. So. That is just a snippet of what has happened and, you know, I have along the way have discovered ways that I have needed to save myself whilst we've been trying to save him. And 
something that is really amazing and that can really help me is when I get very overwhelmed or anxious or really sad, which can still happen because it was so traumatic that breath work is what has been controlling, helping to control my emotions. And it's something that we delve very deeply into, into a course that I have created for those that are going through birth trauma. And it's called the survival of birth trauma. And we go into all these different techniques and tips to help you survive this nightmare that you may also be living. So that wraps us up for today. And thank you for listening and being on this journey with us. And we're going to go deep. We are going to go deep because this is something that is not talked about, but we need the support. So we are here to create a community for everyone and anyone that has been through some form of birth trauma. And even if you seem to think, you know, it's not as big or as, you know, large as someone else's, it doesn't matter. Birth trauma is your trauma and you deserve to be supported, loved and taken care of. And that is what we are here for. So thank you for joining me today and I will see you soon.